Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Subscribe at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. As a subscriber, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. Sound good to you? Go to TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. That's TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by VCR Now. Are you looking for an opportunity to captivate and enhance the experience of those who visit your stadium, arena, house of worship, or business? VCR Now can help you achieve that goal with a total experience. VCR Now is a technology organization that can fulfill your LED, audio, video, lighting, networking, security, and infrastructure dreams. Visit VCRNow.com to learn more. Watch Texas Football Today live every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. And get involved in the conversation using the hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it's Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. My name's Greg Tupper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. TexasFootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live on TexasFootball.com, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, all the places, or you're on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part. Support your local mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today. Back from her vacation to, I want to say, Japan. She's the Duchess of the Dorks. She's Ashley Pickle. Hi, friends. Glad to be back. Was I right? Was it Japan? It was Japan. I nailed it. I wasn't necessarily considered a vacation, but yes, <laughs> I did go to Japan. <laughs> Today is Friday, November 18th, 2022, six days until Thanksgiving. You can wish happy birthday to someone who's turning 20 or someone who's turning 44. Uh, happy birthday to Mallory and I's best friend, Randy. Oh, happy birthday, Randy. Sorry, Call Randy's machine. turning 25. Happy so. birthday. Okay, so now you can wish an additional happy okay, birthday uh, to somebody who's turning 20 or 45. Uh, 45. Happy birthday to Fabulous. Oh, nice. Fabulous is, we live in a world where Fabulous is 45. That's wild. Yeah, he is, uh... He used to be on a lot of the, you know, the old, uh, ne- like the Now CDs, Now oh, yeah. 15, the Now mm-hmm. 46 or whatever. Yeah. That was big territory for him. Yes. Um, Who is turning 20? Uh, TikTok star Wednesday Row. Okay, I would not have known who that was. The only you know Wednesday any- I know is from the Adams Family. Do you know anybody named after a day of the week? No. I have a friend named Thursday. That's not that's not a joke. Her name's oh, th- really? her, her name's Thursday. Oh, well, friend, like somebody I, I went to college uh, with. Her name was you, okay, Thursday question, Bram. Though, was she was she born on a Thursday? I this has been it's been at least 15 years since I saw her and I know the an- I know she has told me the answer to this because I asked her I was like how did you get the name Thursday? Mm-hmm. And um but I so I I cannot answer that with any sort of it's it's left my brain. I just remember that her name was Thursday. Nice. Yeah. On today's show, episode fifteen oh one. By the way, you missed fifteen hundred. I know. I realized that this morning when I went to type this in, and I was like, "Oh man." Mm-hmm. Uh, on today's show, folks, we're going to announce the Mister Texas Football Player of the Week, the Dairy Max built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week, and then it's Helpful Honda Mailbag Friday. We're answering your questions about high school football, college football, recruiting, lifestyle, <laughs> romance, travel, anything you got. Get them in on the comments, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. We can go until about twelve forty-five answering your questions. We also have a little bit of Thursday recap. Uh, talk a little bit about that SMU Tulane game. Whew. 
Did it end as bad as it started? It was, it was yucky. Yeah. It was a yucky game. They were down real bad when we. I was in the office with Ish and Mallory last night monitoring games, and Mallory goes, oh, my God. And I was like, uh, oh, Lord. 59-24 was your final. Ugh. God. Oof. Do we first four through the door? Um, we sure do. It was Rob Hathaway, Christo Fire 100, Paul Roberts, and Tom B. Welcome in, fellas. But especially welcome in to Tom B. Yes. The B stands for, boy, aren't you glad you came and watched the show today. Mm-hmm. All right, Pickle. Dave Campbell's Texas Football, in conjunction with the Tax Act Texas Bowl, is proud to present the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week Award presented by Kroger to the most deserving high schooler in the state of Texas. Each week, the Dave Campbell's Texas football staff nominates 10 deserving candidates for that week's award based on the previous week's on-field performance. We then leave it up to you to vote at texasfootball.com. Dot com. Dot com. I apologize for that. I apologize. Uh, With the winner being announced shortly thereafter. Your Week 12 Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week presented by Kroger is... Caddo Mills quarterback Alfonso Gonzalez, who had an outstanding game that I can't wait to tell you about as soon as I find which of the many documents I have open. Here, you're watching this. This is going great. Alfonso Gonzalez uh, threw for 125 yards and a touchdown passing, but also ran for 160 yards and five touchdowns on the ground. Congratulations to all the nominees. Comanche quarterback Leighton Welsh, Corpus Christi Miller, wide receiver and defensive back Lonnie Atkinson, Flatonia quarterback Fidel Vinegas, Byron Nelson quarterback Jake Wilson, El Paso Eastwood quarterback Evan Minares, Waco University wide receiver and safety Najee Drakes, Los Fresnos cornerback Joshua Munoz, Sunray quarterback Armando Luan, and center running back Caden Dixon. But a very special congratulations to the Week 12 Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week presented by Kroger. Alfonso Gonzalez, the quarterback at Caddo Mills. The fact that the Foxes uniforms have Unleash written on them is exceptional. I've said before, and I'll say again, the Fox is the most underutilized mascot, mm-hmm. in, I would say, in all of sports. Yeah. Because we have Ca- in Texas, we have Caddo Mills, we have El Paso Jefferson. That is, I am fairly sure, it. Yeah, we have the Swifts. Which, With the Swifts in Nazareth, which is a... Which is a type of yeah, fox you, you We can even lump them in. And even three out of 1,500? Mm-hmm. Well... We can do better, guys. What is what is a fox? It's not a... I mean, it's not a feline. Is it a canine? Like, is it part of the canine family? I've never thought about that. What is a fox? Like, what is their... Well, I don't remember what they're called. Anyway. They've got to be canine descent, right? Do you know the answer to that question? It's going to let you work it out. <laughs> Do you actually know? What do you think? I think they're from the canine descent. Derry Max and Dave Campbell's Texas Football are proud to team up this year to honor excellence in coaching and the hard work the assistant coaches put in on behalf of their teams. Each week, the Dave Campbell's Texas Football staff nominates four deserving candidates for the Derry Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week. Let fans decide on the winner via Twitter poll. It all leads up to the Derry Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Year decided at season's end. Your Week 12 Derry Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week is... 
Boom. Canateo defensive coordinator Fiacro Ramirez. The Eagles forced a pair of second-half turnovers in route to their fifth shutout with a 28-0 win over Amarillo Palo Duro. Congratulations to all the nominees. San Antonio Taft defensive coordinator Michael Mull, North Crowley offensive coordinator Eli Reinhardt, and Westlaco defensive coordinator Eddie Ramirez. But a very special congratulations to the Week 12 Dairy Max, built by Taco Milk Assistant Coach of the Week, Fiacro Ramirez, defensive coordinator from Canateo. Very well-deserved. Now we're from our friends at VCR Now. In just a minute. And now a word from our... Born and bred in Texas hits a little different, as it should. Texas love doing business with fellow Texans. VCR Now takes its Texas roots as seriously as its many partnerships with schools and universities around the state. It's also why we're so proud to promote our brand in the pages of the Texas Bible, Dave Campbell's Texas Football, and on the airwaves of Texas Football Today. Driven by producing quality broadcast video, state-of-the-art audio, and LED video scoreboards at affordable prices... VCR Now makes sure to listen to your needs in its athletic department before recommending the next best steps. Building great products is our business, and it's our focus on building meaningful long-term partnerships with our clients that sets us apart. From our 24-7, 365-day help desk, the training lab in our hometown of Red Oak, or our sports marketing business plan that puts money back in the hands of our athletic departments we support, VCR Now is built to last. Reach out to us today at info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW. Again, that's info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW. To close the loop, a fox is a dog. I know. I looked it up to confirm. And now it's time for Helpful Honda Mailbag Friday. The North Texas Honda dealers want to help you score on award-winning Hondas like the rugged and reliable 2023 Ridgeline. Stop by your helpful Honda dealer today or visit ntxhondadealers.com to learn more. When I think when I think Honda, I think rugged and reliable. And when I think rugged and reliable, I think two things. I think the Ridgeline, I think Matt Stapp. No, he lost that. I don't know if you saw it last night. Matt or uh, Step was the first. Matt, that was weird. Step was the first one to get one of his uh, regional picks wrong. Oh yeah. And I said, and you call yourself rugged and reliable. I thought that was funny. I laughed Who? at my own Slack message. Who's the second person to have one of the regional picks out? Me. Which is a nice transition into Thursday night action. Uh, get your questions in high school football, college football, recruiting, lifestyle, romance, travel on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. We'll get to as many as we can here in as, up until about 12.45. So, last night, Pickle did, in fact, lose her first regional pick. Who was it? Gregory Portland. Gregory Portland. And, even worse for you, even worse for you, they went out... At the hell, at the hands of Matt Stepp's regional pick in 5A Division Two, Region Four. Yeah. Uh, you took you took Gregory Portland to win Region Four. Stepp took Alamo Heights. I believe the rest of us took Liberty Hill to win Region Four. Uh, but Alamo Heights gets to win 31-8. The mules are rolling right now. Very impressive. Okay. That was my. I I will say that was my. Probably my largest hipster pick when it mm-hmm. came to regional finals. So I wasn't necessarily dumbfounded. No. I was sad for Gregory sure. Portland, though. Okay. Let's talk about it's Valley Week. Okay? Mm-hmm. And 
And so there's obviously two huge games tonight with Edinburgh Vela playing uh, PSJ North. I'm sorry, Edinburgh Vela playing Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial mm-hmm. and PSJ North playing Corpus Christi Miller. Those are the two. Uh, those are, in my opinion, the four best teams in Region 4, a 5A yes. Division 1. Okay? We've been talking about it all year. Is this the best chance for a Rio Grande Valley team to break through? Let me tell you why I am even more encouraged. I am even more encouraged by um, the possibility of these teams breaking through. Now, they've got tough games tonight, mm-hmm. but why I'm even more encouraged. So, the computer, the, unthink- the unfeeling robot, right? It... it issues game projections for every game and and basically they they base it on a game on a team rating they have for each team this that and the other uh it's based on what you've done and what the teams that you've played have done and things like that that like if so if i beat if, if tepper high beats pickle high and then pickle high goes out and they end up being 0 and 10 mm-hmm. like my rating will suffer because that is not as much of a, a win right mm-hmm. One of the issues that we run into with the computer is when you have these, when you have parts of the state, specifically like the Valley, specifically like El Paso, specifically like maybe the Panhandle in a certain extent, that are very, <clears throat> not insular, but like they don't play outside of their region very much. Right, yeah, because, I mean, in a geographical yeah. sense, it's just too, it's too much it's travel hard, yeah. to not all play each other. And so, as a result, those can be hard to gauge. It can be hard to figure them out. But last night we got our first real tangible good on good, um, like Valley versus outside the Valley team uh, mm-hmm. data points, and I think if you're a Valley fan, I think they're pretty encouraging. One of them is San Benito uh, getting the win last night, thirty thirty eight nineteen over San Antonio Taft. The reason that that matters is that the computer had San Benito as a seven point favorite. Mm-hmm. They thought that they were going to win that game, and the computer had it right. Okay, and when you add in what Brownsville Veterans Memorial did, did you see this? What Brownsville Vets did? The yeah. ground strike offense in full bloom last night. The computer had them, I believe, as 17-point favorites, uh, and they won uh, 74-59. So they did not. There's no such thing as covering, but like they were, they won by 15. They were favored by 17. Mm-hmm. All that is to say is that. I think there is reason to believe, and we'll find out. This could all blow up in our faces tonight. Right. We're talking about the, the, how high school football players per- perform. But I think that if you are a Rio Grande Valley fan and, and you are hoping to see a team get to a state semifinal, the computer has Vela and Edinburgh uh, PSJ North both favored tonight. This would indicate that maybe the computer has a read on them. Mm-hmm. If they had gone out, if these two teams had, like, at the moment they step out of the valley, they got washed. Right. That would have been pretty problematic. Right, especially because those teams have played the teams Correct. that they, we were talking about they, tonight. They got so second and like, third order, yep. you know, performances and, and measuring six against teams like that. So mm-hmm. very interesting to, to keep an eye on that. Uh, can we talk about a team that at the moment uh, is is through is going to play on Thanksgiving? They're going to survive Thanksgiving with the sparkling record of five and seven. <laughs> Poor Lavaca Calhoun's holy sand crabs. So Calhoun, Calhoun started the year zero and seven. Yeah, literally straight L's seven. Zero and seven, and now they have rattled off five straight. They've basically been it. <sighs> technically not. 
they could have dropped like one of their games. But in a lot of ways, they've been in like win or go home mode for like the past five weeks, mm-hmm. and they've won every one of them. And they're not pushover teams. No, either. they beat Beville Jones on they, the road. Yeah, they beat Alice. They beat Alice last night. They beat Canyon Lake, twenty-eight thirteen. The Sandcrafts, they are. That is a remarkable turnaround for Richard Whitaker's bunch. We knew they were young, but like. It is like they're getting hot. Talk about getting hot. Like literally at the exact right time. If they had gotten hot one week late, they'd be done. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know what they always say. Don't let the sand crabs get hot. That's what they all say. Who's they all? All, everyone. Get with the program. DeSoto romps past Rockwall Heath. Send the upside down H. Uh, DeSoto was rolling last night. San Antonio Brennan all over Los Fresnos. Uh, that is not a surprise. Uh, mm-hmm. Brennan was a team that, that is, again, you want to talk about what the computer had. The computer had Brennan by 41, mm-hmm. and Los Fresnos lost by 35. Uh, San Benino, we mentioned them. Um, 4A, Geronimo Navarro beats Bishop. Wichwell Falls, Hershey beats Canyon and West Plains. A quick shout-out to West Plains Wolves. Uh, a great first season in the UIL, and Adam Cummings and company. Glenn Rose over Stockton. Uh, the game of the night, uh, Godley and Seminole was crazy 41 40 uh at as this game went wild back and forth um the wildcats of godly are through to the uh air, the re- third round for the first time since 2013 just the third time in program history um and yeah this was a, a great win for godly who is who's through to third third round seminal like seminal i thought was a sleeper out there and godly took care of them great win for them so Franklin beats Anawax 32-7. I watched about the first half of this game on NFHS Network. Mm-hmm. They farted around. Okay. All right. Hold on. I'm pushing back on that because okay. I watched this game. Uh-huh. So Anawax got the opening kick, mm-hmm. and they held the ball for six and a half minutes mm-hmm. before turning the ball over on downs. Franklin got the ball, went down and scored. Go up 6 nothing. Missed the extra point. Anawax got the ball. Went on another long drive, scored a touchdown. Okay? Franklin got the ball with about six, for the second time, with about five minutes left in the half. Mm-hmm. They had, and then, by the way, they had to punt. They didn't see the ball again. They had two possessions in the first half. Mm-hmm. And Anahuac went in up at halftime 7-6. Yeah, I, I, maybe it's just me. I expect the Franklin defense to be better than what they played last night because we had that game on here, too. And I just... I just think, I mean, maybe, maybe, like... Obviously, they they're figure efficient. it out. They're efficient on offense. There's no doubt Maybe they figure that. it out, but, like, you know, you got to get off the field on third downs, right? Yeah. Obviously, they didn't do that in the first half. Yeah. Um, that also felt like that is the kind of that is the kind of tightrope you can walk for so long. Mm-hmm. I was – that went in at halftime 7-6, but after I watched that, I was like, this feels like it's got, I don't know, hypothetically 32-7 written all over right. it. And it did. Franklin hit the Jets. Uh, great gameplay from Anaheim. Just didn't hold up for, for four quarters. Mm-hmm. Brock beats Muleshoe. Uh, Edna beats Universal City Randolph 16-7 in another street fight. This game was 7-0 in halftime. I'll, I will I will say it, and I, look, we're obviously going to talk about Edna going forward there in the regional semifinals. They'll get to Thanksgiving. Randolph was a really good team. Mm-hmm. That was a really good team. I think they finished the year 9-3. and three. Is that right? I believe so. Um, I think they win 9-2. Yeah, they finished the year 9-3. and three. That is a dang good 9-3 and three team. That was a really good Rohawks team. Uh, Pottsboro roars past Whitney in a wild one, 62-49 in a wild shootout. That's my Region 3 pick. Um, Region 2 pick. 
hey, on to the next one. You know, it counts. Uh, Bells beats Comanche in a really emphatic victory. This is a game we had our eye on. Great win for Bells. Uh, that offense is really rolling. They get Holiday next week because Holiday... Uh, Holiday was uh, farting around a little bit with Scurry Rosser before they hit the Jets. They win. West Rusk beats uh, Wascom in a, in a thriller. That's another really good Wascom team, but West Rusk survives it. Great win for, for the Raiders. They are through. Gunner had no problem with Jacksboro. I watched about five minutes of that game, but it, they were kind of doing whatever they wanted. Palmer all over Callisburg. I believe... I would need to look at the bracket, which who could possibly expect me to click on the link? Um... The so I believe what now happens there in Region Two is you're going to get Bells versus Holiday and Palmer versus Gunner. So where do the fireworks factory now in Region Two of three, three Division Palmer's Two? Palmer's what eight eight? We had them ranked right. Oh uh, yeah, they were ranked. They're twelve and zero now. Oh, yeah. So it'll be a matchup of unbeaten's next week between Gunner and Palmer. Elsewhere, across the state. 2A Division 1. Flatonia beat Three Rivers. Good win for them. That was a really good season for Three Rivers. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. They were the third best team in that district. Yeah, and and, and And that says a lot because the two best teams in that district are uh, the Kings. Speaking of which, Refurio beat Holland 56-10. Didn't have any problem with them. Uh, New Deal all over Forsan. Ganado beats Thorndale. Toller 71, Marlin 18. Yeah. Now, you want to talk about regional picks. I think Toller is really good. They have Peyton Brown. He's like a 2,500-yard rusher. They are really good. Their defense is good. This was obviously not the year Marlin anticipated, not the year we anticipated for Marlin. But, whoa, Nelly. So, to score 71 points in an area-round game. I don't care who you're playing. If you are beating anyone Mm -hmm. by 50-plus in in an area-round game, you got something cooking. Yeah, you were in our. He was in our Slack chat last night, going mm-hmm. put some respect on Toller. You know the, do you know what the hashtag for them is? No. Snake Farm. Oh, that's pretty good. You can hop on the bandwagon if you want. Okay. Pretty good. Okay. Uh, okay. Albany and Munster were kind of locked in a close game until they weren't. It was like ten seven Munster, and then Albany won fifty six ten. Yeah. <laughs> You want to talk about literally just breaking. Like, yeah. that was one of those. I looked down and I see the score. I was like, okay. And then I looked out and I see the score and I was like, okay. Wink beat Santo by exactly what the computer said they would 16 points, 35 19. Wow. Uh, Winthorpe over Sterling City, 43 uh, 29. And then six man action last night. Uh, Texas football today's own Don Kofel. Kofel mm-hmm. is and the Arian County Hornets are through to the regional or to the regional final. Because remember, there's one fewer round. Regional final. Their second win. In playoff wins since 1971, they 45, Lakey at halftime, 52 nothing. So congratulations to them. That is all the news that's fit to print from last night, plus Tulane drilled SMU. Do we have any questions from the people in Helpful Haunted Mailbag Friday? Um, we sure do. Thoughts? There's a big one uh, Saturday Saturday on Dave Campbell's Texas Live, actually. Um, Sock and Lovejoy. Nah, I'm not all that interested in it. Whatever. It's it's the spotlight game in my picks video, so you can go watch it there. So if you want more of what I'm about to say, then that's there. I've called it the anxiety bowl. I think both of these teams are pretty worried going into this game for different reasons. For Sock, it's pretty obvious that their offense is just like in the mud. Mm-hmm. And for Lovejoy, like they have a problem that whenever they get socked in the mouth, ah, socked in the mouth, like... They lie down. They... they Like, as bad as that sounds, plain and simple, they get hit and they go they down. They can be... They, they can be out-muscled. Yes. They can be out-muscled. And here comes South Oak Cliff, who, like, 
That's all they do. Yeah. Uh, so this is the anxiety. This is a big anxiety bowl uh, there. Obviously, the spotlight matchup here is the receiver core for Lovejoy up against the defensive backs for for South Oak Cliff. That's spotlight stuff. Um, I think we'll be able to tell a lot by um, Lovejoy's defensive line because that sock offensive line is just massive. They're huge. I mean, and here's massive. the thing. And I, okay. Like the Lovejoy defensive line, after seeing them in person, they're – they're kind of worker bees. They're not the yeah. biggest people, but they, they will get back in the backfield. If they just can't break through so, that brick wall, well, there's nothing that they'll be able a, to do. That's a great point because last year, you remember when they played in the regional final, mm-hmm. coming off, remember, like transport back a year. South Oak Cliff just gets, gets done beating Alito, mm-hmm. and then we were like, oh, okay, well, hey, like you can't like rest on your laurels because Lovejoy is really good, and they just pounced on them. Yeah, they're just so much bigger. And the though. reason was what they dominated up front. Yeah, they had playmakers and stuff, but they dominated up front. How much have they closed the gap? First down is so important for for South Oak Cliff. Mm-hmm. Okay? If they are not getting three, four yards on first down, they're in big trouble because any passing down is a problem for them. Oh, yeah, because I watched, I mean, I watched that Lovejoy defense just kind of get blitzed by a North Crowley team that was still figuring stuff out at a time, but, I mean, it was, they, they could not get them lower than well. um, like f- they were getting five yards every single thing either running it or little bubble screens out yeah. on the side and they yeah so that defensive line is going to have a test in it's going to be up to them so we will find out exactly how things work out it's a fascinating game I'm I'm taking South Oak Cliff I've kind of said I'm going to ride or die with South Oak Cliff <clears throat> but there's ample reason to be worried for both teams in this game what's next Pickle um, Paul Roberts says whose football opinions we can trust there's going to be a single-digit chill factor tonight in Lubbock. How is that going to affect the Cisco-Stratford game? I would say I would say that, so my immediate thought, and this is, you know, I have never, this is shocking, I've never been a quarterback. What? And I've also never intentionally gone out and played in cold weather. <laughs> in single-digit temperature. I value my life. <laughs> That said, that said, uh, it is of I am of the opinion that cold weather affects passing games, mm-hmm. and that would, in my opinion, be good news for Cisco, who does not throw the ball that much. No, they're going to grind out. Now, Stratford can run the ball plenty, plenty, plenty with Zane Burr. Mm-hmm. They can run the ball, but I would say that if you were leaning, like if you thought it was a toss-up game, which I think that's fair, mm-hmm. I would now give advantage Cisco. Um, because Hunter Long is a fantastic quarterback, but he's going to run the. But ball. he's a run. He's, he's a running quarterback. Run he's ball. a running quarterback. Yeah. Plain and simple. So that's how. Like and it, it like may play, it may make Stratford a little one dimensional. I was going to say they also like to play up tempo, and when mm-hmm. you're trying to get honestly, when you're trying to get out of the cold, you're going to be playing faster, which I think leans towards Cisco a little bit. More I think too. I think Cis- I took Cisco. I know Step took Stratford. Uh, so we're on other opposite ends of this. I think it's a one score game. Um, I'm going to roll with Cisco, but I think that I think that if you are Asking me who is who gets the advantage with super cold weather tonight in in Lubbock, my answer would be that that would be a slight advantage for Cisco. What's next, Pickle? Um, who is your dark horse to win 4A Division One Region Three? I feel like they want me to say one team, 4A Division One Region Three. Let me pull it up because I, I I don't have them all committed to memory. My my dark. I mean, I guess my dark horse would be the team that I picked to win the region, right? Which is Lumberton. Um, tough game tonight against Stafford, but I like this Lumberton team a lot. Um, if you're looking for another sleeper, perhaps the... I mean, I would say the winner Kilcor? of... 
What's that? I mean, Kilgore, yeah. Is I mean, Kilgore is was a, a you know, they're. I guess I don't, I don't, I don't see a ton yet. of. Here's the thing. It's I don't hard to consider them. I just don't horses. see a ton of sleepers. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like we Chapel Hill's Chapel Hill is a favorite. I picked Lumberton to win the region. Mm-hmm. Um, El Campo and Kilgore both have plenty of star power it, and name yeah. recognition. Um, I would say if you're looking for sleepers, you're limited to Bay City, Stafford, Brazosport, and Lindale. Maybe Lindale, right? Lindale came through a very difficult district there in District Nine. Um, and I think they'd like a, a rematch against both Kilgore and Chapel Hill. So maybe it's Lindale. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't think there's a ton of sleepers there now that we've there's kind of... There's too many name brands. Exactly right. That's exactly right. Like if you, the sleeper at the beginning of, the, of it was Houston, Washington, was mm-hmm. Booker T. Because they were 10-0 and out of Houston ISD and nobody was really talking about them. They lose in the first round of Brazosport. Maybe it's Brazosport. I don't know. What's next, Pickle? Um, thoughts on Cameron Yo and Orangefield? Um, no thoughts. Uh, I don't think they should play. I'm 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 appalled. I'm kidding. Um, it's a it's a really interesting matchup, specifically because for Orangefield, this is a team that their bread and butter in many ways is their defense. Because Josh Smalley's done a great job with that defense, um, and I think they're playing really well right now. But this is a Cameron Yo offense that's really hitting on all cylinders. Um, I don't know. I would imagine that if you're Orangefield, you've watched that Franklin Cameron Yo tape a lot because they dominated them 63-7, and you've tried to figure out that's the first time that really anybody's really held down that offense. Um, I don't know. I, I lean towards Yo. I think they've got the superior offense, um, and I think they can make just enough stops. I still have my questions about their defense, but I think I lean towards Yo in this one uh, in a tight one. It's kind of where I'm at on What's next? I do like Orangefield. I think Coach Smalley's done a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a cross-region matchup, Manville and Smithson Valley. What are your thoughts? <sighs> yeah, it's 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 strange because, like, Smithson Valley is a San Antonio team. Mm-hmm. Hi. I'm here to help. Uh, they're a San Antonio team playing a Houston team, and typically, typically, when that's happened, Houston teams have had the advantage. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they do. This is a litmus test. Yeah. Now, part of it is that Smithson Valley, because they're like we've seen them play outside of the city. Mm-hmm. We've seen them play outside of San Antonio because of and and they have um you know because they played New Braunfels right which is kind of you know a little bit they played Hayes right last week they played Cedar Park and just like swatted them away right. Um, this is a Manville team that I do think has gotten better as the year went on. They're very young. Extremely young. Very young. This is a veteran Smithson Valley team. And that's, I was going to say, that's where I think the big, I think Smithson Valley is a little bit bigger, which is surprising. Yes, they're bigger in the I trenches. I don't think that we say that often, like a San Antonio compared mm-hmm. to Houston, but I do think they're a little bit bigger, and I think that they have more big game experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Smithson Valley. I think they can win the region. Um, I am... I lean towards Smithson Valley. Manville does have the playmakers. Mm-hmm. Manville does have the playmakers. I think in a game like this, I lean towards the more veteran team, and I lean towards a team with the defense that I trust more, and both those teams are Smithson Valley. Mm-hmm. So I like the Rangers tonight. What's next? Um, how about, we'll stay in the San Antonio area, Warren and Harlingen tonight. It's kind of a sneaky good matchup. So, and, and again, it's, a, it's another test in you know, so-called Valley Week, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Harlingen's 11-0. and Warren 
is a good but beatable San Antonio team, right? They're good but beatable. Their losses are all pretty respectable. Taft, uh, Harlan, um, and then Brennan. And Brennan by three points, right? They've hung in a lot of games. So this is another kind of data point in the RGV uh, kind of measuring stick. Harlingen has been really sound defensively. And that, I think, is going to give them a great shot in this game against a Warren team who is pretty high-powered, but whose defense does leave a little something to be desired. If this is a lower-scoring game, I like Harlingen. If they want to get into a shootout, I'm not sure. I think that the speed advantage is going to favor Warren. Um, this game's in San Antonio. That certainly helps for Warren's cause. I'm going to roll with Harlingen. I think they're I think they're the better team, um, but if they, if they play the way that they've been playing the past couple yes. of weeks, they've just looked they've been, dominant. They've been mowing past people. I mean, they have not played a game within ten points since they started district play. They've only played they've only played two games decided by two scores mm-hmm. by 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 two scores or fewer. They beat Laredo United South twenty one seven, and they beat Westlaco. 31-21. Yeah, everything else has what been... what they did against San Benito. Yeah, everything else has been has been more... I mean, they beat San Benito, who is now through to the area round, or the regional semifinals. They beat them by, by 16. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I like... I think that, again, if you're trying to tri- triangulate like results, I think that there's reason to be encouraged about the Rio Grande Valley. And But this is another really important data point. I don't expect a Rio Grande Valley sweep tonight or anything like that, but like I think that maybe... There's reason to believe that like just the whole state of play in Rio Grande Valley is stronger than than it normally is. Mm-hmm. What's next? Um, another one live on Texan Live. Anna and Stephenville. Do you have a word to describe this game? Chaos. Well, was <laughs> hold more, on to your butts. More thinking of one that starts with a P. P. Pointsy. Pointsy. Oh yeah. This game's gonna be pointsy. It, it's literally. It's literally. I genuinely think it's going to come down to which defense can get two stops. It really is going to come. I, I really it, think it, it does. two stops is is it. These are two now, and and this is not to say like I don't think I don't think Anna's defense is is that bad. It's, it seems like it's that seems like a really crappy thing. No, to but say. I think that the Stephen I think their Bill, defense is 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 not bad, right? But the Stephenville but the offense, Stephenville is, offense is powerful. Is, crazy good. Yes. It's crazy good. It looks like Ryder Lambert's back in his bag. They've got Tate Marusco. They've got a big offensive line. They are rolling right now. And they have looked Anna, great. Has Anna played uh, anybody that has this powerful of an offense? I mean... <sighs> Aubrey, maybe, is the closest thing. I mean, yeah, I mean... They, Sulphur Springs, was, ro- us, Sulphur Springs was rolling, but they had lost their quarterback. Mm-hmm. And so, like... This is the biggest offense that they're going to play. I mean, Salina is the best team they've played, but Salina is more defense, it's, in my opinion, yeah. than offense. This is the most high-powered offense. Now, that said, I think Anna's going to be able to score, score, score. Oh, yeah. This is still, for all we've talked, like, and I, I feel bad. I feel like I spent the whole year just crapping on Stephenville. But, like, guys, your defense has given up 37 points a game. Yeah. Like, they're scoring 50, which is great. That's a super good trick. They should keep doing that. But, like, the defense is, like, it, this is all up to the defense now, because mm-hmm. they're they're gonna roll out. They're gonna score forty. Like they're gonna roll out of bed and score forty one points. Okay, the 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 fewest points they've scored this year is thirty six, and that was that win over China, that loss to China Spring. Thirty six. Every other game they've scored at least forty two points. They're gonna roll out of bed and score forty two. Mm-hmm. The issue is, can they keep the other team under forty two? 
Yep. Two that's stops. that's the magic number. If 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 Anna gets to forty nine, like, but at the same time, if Anna gets to forty nine, like, Seville can absolutely score forty nine. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the here's the I one think other. I'll thing. just say this. I think like step on Tepin's up. I'm sorry to interrupt, but like on um, Tepin's up, he said I've been set the over under at ninety, and he's like, I feel really good about the over. Yeah. Um, the, the one other thing is the Stephenville defense. I think that consistently has not shown up, but when they have, it's because they're forcing an absurd amount of turnovers. Like that Brownwood game, they forced like three or four different turnovers. So if the defensive backs can pick off Bullock once, maybe twice, that might be the difference in the game right there. Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. They, they can force turnovers. Yeah. Which is wild. Yeah, I, th- I think that... Um. They can't force turnovers. That's what it's going to be. They are. <laughs> Do you know who Stephenville is? Hmm. I just figured it out. They're USC. Okay, USC. Yeah. Is flamethrower offense. Caleb Williams. If you haven't watched them, their offense is incredible. Yep. Okay. Their defense is not very good, Mm-mm. except when the, like the turnover spigot is turned on. Yes. If they're getting two, th- if they're getting two, three turnovers, then, they're then their defense is fine. But if they're not, they're moving the ball. They're this not has got to be a stop you on a four-yard run. But gosh darn it, they this can has got to be yeah. This has got to be a splash play defense for Stephenville moving forward. They have got. I think they got to be plus three in the turnover margin tonight. If they're plus three in the turnover margin tonight, they got then they can win. Mm-hmm. But I like Anna in this one. And I know that's crazy considering this is the best year in Anna history. And for Stephenville, this is just Tuesday yeah. basically. But I do like Anna in this one. What's next? Um, thoughts on Flower Bluff and Lockhart. Do we, this guy's from Lockhart, isn't he? He has to be because I feel like we get a Lockhart question every week, which is fine. I listen, respect. Um, yeah, Flower Bluff's been a weird team this year um, because, like, they started off one and three, but all three of those losses—Bernie, Cal Allen, and Alice—all mm-hmm. different shades of pretty good losses, right? They intentionally made that schedule yeah. so tough because they did, had such an unbelievable last yeah. thing. I mean, they what state semifinal last yeah, year? Yeah, they, they were in the state semifinal last year. Um, they were they had no problem with uh, with Roma last week. Um, they are a team who their offense, when it's good, is really good. Mm-hmm. But when they've lost, because their offense has kind of been only okay. This is a Lockhart team that I think has been more consistent, arguably, at least week to week. We kind of have a better feel for what they are, which is a pretty darn good offense and an okay defense. Um, Lockhart, Lockhart's already had a great year. I think Todd Mabus has done a great job with the Lions. Um, a lot of this comes down to whether or not this Lockhart team can can run the ball. Mm-hmm. Flower Bluff's going to put six in the box, seven in the box, eight in the box to try to slow down uh, Ashton Dickens, who's their dual-threat quarterback, who's been really, really good, and then Sean McKinney. They run the ball really well, really effectively. They they average 315 yards on the ground per game. If they cannot run the ball, I am not sure Lockhart has a great plan B. And so if you're Flower Bluff, you're selling out to stop the run tonight. Um. I think I like Flower Bluff in a close one, but a lot of this comes down to whether or not I think if they can run the ball, then like then like Lockhart can absolutely win this game. But I think I like Flower Bluff tonight. Uh, what's next? Um, Klein Collins and Westfield. Are they playing tonight? Mm-hmm. Are they? Is that in Texan Life? I believe so. Might be. 
Yeah, it's it's. I know that the Westfield coaching staff is, is they are is on Texan Life mm-hmm. live on TexanLife.com. I know that they are very leery of this game. I think they've got. I, I know in talking with folks on the staff there, they are very leery of Klein Collins because of how well how well coached this team is. Mm-hmm. And most especially, I think how well their defense is playing. Their defense, especially of late, has been really good. Um, they got in one shootout with, with Tombaugh Memorial, which really kind of skews the average. But aside from that, they've been pretty darn consistent defensively. This is a Westfield offense that has been out of control lately. Okay, They're averaging 56 points a game this year. And the past... I'll just pick an arbitrary number. Okay, so since they lost to North Shore... Since they lost to North Shore uh, in week three. 61, 50, 63, 64, 58, 48, 74, 62. They have been out of control offensively. How well does Klein Collins match up with them offensively? And how well can Collins kind of control the clock, take a, maybe take the air out of the football a little bit? That's a big question in this one. I am leaning towards Westfield. Um... I'm leaning towards Westfield. This is, you know, this is a big game for for the junior quarterback Tucker Parks for Collins. Um, this is this is a, you know, he's a junior. If he were to lead him to a win here, the the hype train's going to start for Collins. I like Westfield in this one, um, and because I'm not sure who's I'm not sure who's going to be able to slow them down until they until they play um, until they play. Is that that's D1 right? Yeah, mm-hmm. until they until they play um, Duncanville. So fascinating game though. Is that right? D1. Yeah, he said to himself confidently. Yeah, D1. Let's do two more. Uh, three more. Um, Seven more. Three more. We've talked a lot about Crosstown matchups, which is pretty much what area is, but there's another San Antonio-Austin one, Lake Travis and Steele. Yeah. This one's interesting. Yeah. I'm going to make some real friends here. Here is the bottom line of it. Okay? We can talk about matchups. We can talk about the fact that Steele's been rolling. We can talk about the fact that this is a rematch and Steele has already beaten Lake Travis. Right? We can talk about the Steele defense, which I think has been terrific. We can talk about how well I think they've developed their young young players and how the, 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 um, the... that the future, I think, is really bright uh, for Steele. Uh, we could talk all about, especially defensively, we can talk about that sophomore quarterback, Chad Warner. We can talk all about those things. We can talk about how banged up Lake Travis is. We can talk about how they had to pull the rabbit out of their hat last week, but they came up with the big plays with Caden Leon. We can talk about how they're on a backup quarterback. We can talk about the, the availability of Bo Edmondson. All of those things, we can Sybil Steel and the powerhouse San Antonio teams. Steele, Judson, Brennan, those types of teams. They have just been dominated by Westlake and Lake Travis. Mm-hmm. Historically. That win, that win back in week two, week two, week two, for Steele over Lake Travis, that improves them to one in four against Lake Travis. Okay, when you consider, with you know they have now lost, they have not beaten Westlake since 2013. Lost three straight to them. Over the past four years, when Austin Powers 
and San Antonio Powers have met, Austin Powers just roll over them. Mm. This happened last year with what I thought was an okay, okay Lake Travis team when they played Brennan, right? Do I have that right, Brennan? Mm-hmm. I think so. And just, just pasted them. That is to me, I think, let me tell you this. The computer has, this is a three-point game, Lake Travis by three. I think Steele's the better team, really and truly. But I also can't take Steele to beat Lake Travis until I see it. Because I've just been burned too many times thinking, this is the year for San Antonio. This is the year for San Antonio. Maybe it is. But I just, I'm, I'm, too, I'm too gun shy on it. I'm too gun shy on it. I, I like like Travis. I think if you would have asked me before the by district round last week, okay. I would have taken Steel over Round Rock. I, I, I you would have taken Steel over Round Rock. Yeah, I would have taken yeah. Steel over either of those teams, like Travis or Round Rock. Easy. Hands down. Um after we saw the way that Lake Travis handled Round Rock, and I know that there was injury or whatever, but that looked like a Lake Travis team that not only was playing well, but had their confidence back, mm-hmm. had the swagger back. That makes me nervous. Like, I feel like they know that they can do it now. They're rolling, yep. and that's that's all that they need on their side to be able to go get this done. I think if you would ask me before last week, I would have taken steel hands down, but that, that looked like a actual po- Lake Travis. I think it's a here's, – here's my official take on it. I think it's a coin flip game, and I got to go with history in a coin flip game. And history would favor Lake Travis. I'd love to be wrong because I, I love what Coach David Sands is doing there. All right, let's do two more. Um, thoughts on the Bernie Pleasanton matchup? Ah, uh, yes. So All you, due respect to Willie. So, so yeah, by the way, uh, I don't know if we haven't really advertised it because Will is very shy. And I don't think he's ever been on our air. Excuse me. But we do have a Pleasanton grad that works for us. Mm-hmm. Will Wilkerson, Willie the Wilk, is a uh, former All-State, um, I want to say All-American wide receiver. All-State defensive back. You get it wrong every single time. I want to say he was an All-American wide receiver. Did he play at Texas? No, he got offered to walk on at Texas, but he didn't take it. Anyway, um, so love, love, <laughs> watch me do this. Love what Pleasanton's done this year. Coach Liska's a buddy. He's a good dude, and they've done a great job. They have. Do you know they've played? Do you know they played four overtime games? Okay. Mm-hmm. They beat Beeville Jones in double overtime. They beat Port Lavac Calhoun in overtime. They lost to Rockport Fulton in overtime, and they lost to Jordanton in five overtimes. Uh, they played five overtime games. This is also a rematch of week two. Mm-hmm. And in week two, it was forty-one-seven. Bernie, I should say, Bernie was undefeated. I. I think it's closer than that, but not close enough. Bernie is is a machine right now. Bernie's I, I, rolling. I think Bernie is a darn good team. Bernie's rolling right now. Um, yeah, I like I like Bernie. I think it's closer than the first matchup, but I mm-hmm. do think that Bernie wins the rematch. Do we have an ender? Um, what no. are the realistic expectations for UTRGV when they decide to kick off football? Yeah, I mean, it's going to take, it's going to, um, look, like. Field a team and get people in the Valley hyped about it. That's like, exactly right. Like, the, do you know what the realistic expectations are? And I'm dead serious. Is to, like, sell out every yeah. game. Sell out every game. Yep. And and to go and, and build hype and stuff like that. And, and but it's going to take two, three, four years to really, in my opinion, get them off the ground. Mm-hmm. And to get them, you know, 
competing in any sort of competing in any sort of contentious way. Contentious. Well, and that's the other thing. Like we we talk a lot about you know first year varsity programs for high school and what it's like to you know play in an outlaw schedule for three years and all that stuff. But fundamentally, the difference between starting a high school program and starting a college program is massive. Yes. High school, it really depends on you know your kids are going. You're going to be able to probably field a team because wherever you're at, those kids are being sent to your school with college you have to recruit you have to get kids to want to come out there to play football so mm-hmm. that's that's why the expectations on starting a college program are a little bit more shy than starting a high school program in my opinion yeah um so they are going to be the whack right if you didn't know they're gonna play fcs they're gonna play in the whack this is a like it's just gonna take some time like they've got to figure out exactly what their identity is a lot is gonna you know they're starting they're starting the beginning stages of hiring coaches and stuff like that um Recruiting is going to be tough, but like, uh, not tough, but like, <clears throat> you got to figure out exactly where your recruiting base is. You cannot, you could build an all valley team, but they would not like. You've got to, you've got to expand and, and use the whole state. Mm-hmm. You've got to, you've got to use the whole hog here. Uh, San Antonio, Austin, Houston, DFW, major metro areas. Like, you've got to, you've got to get your hooks in there. A lot of this is going to come down to like how wh- how well like the the buzz is down there and because because what you're going to be selling for the first couple of years is not wins like i'm not trying to be a defeatist here but like they're they're not going to win a ton in the first couple of years because like first year college football programs just don't what you've got to do is you've got to sell the buzz and you've got to sell the be part of something and look at how excited people are here Mm -hmm. it's kind of like what utsa did come play the alamo dome like we've got a state we got national champion head coach and larry coker things like that yep that's what they did. And, you know, we have we have brand new facilities. Yes. That's huge. We have a fun place to live. We, we are 40 minutes from the beach. Yes. Like that kind of stuff. You know, the, the people support you here. That's that's what you have to say. That is to me, yeah. The onus is going to be on people coming out and filling that and making it a fun place to play and people and, and getting recruits here and be like, yeah, you know what? I do want to be a part of this. Especially because in the WAC, you look and you can see that other state, you can say, hey, look, you can go play in this stadium in front of. 200 people yeah or you can go play in front of our home crowd and there's 4,000 5,000 people here you know like that helps right no absolutely and so that is that that's going to be very very important so um yeah I think that I think the realistic expectations is that like by by year five you're just you're you are a fully fledged fully formed program and you are rolling and you are contending in the whack I think that's the I think that's a realistic expectation but a lot of this is going to come down to the investments that they make um, both financially and that the community makes. So, yeah. Do you have another one that you're just dying to get in? or No, that was okay. That was the ender. Okay. That's we had to end with the RGV. It's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at texasfootball.com. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please be your player of the year trophy. We will see you Monday for Thanksgiving week on Texas Football Today. Yes? Yes. Bye.